0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. Just always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it.
1: So here we are, tour coach, sitting with my boys, Emilio Gonzalez, Rick Lamb, BDR. After a couple days of work here at TPC, getting ready for Q school, I'm gonna start with you, Rick. So, been kind of a weird year with all the, you know, COVID and the long year and. A lot of times when a guy goes back to Q school, I always don't feel like we've done a good job, but I feel like your game's in a really good spot, and like you played pretty nice at the U.S. Open. How would
0: you evaluate the last year and where you are right now? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of positives to take out of this year. Just I didn't really have the consistency that I would have wanted to 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 be able to keep my card, but there's a lot of—played a lot of good rounds, shot a lot of low scores, which is— Never really put four rounds together. But obviously the U.S. Open. Had a lot Open of really play. good first two days or yeah. first days yeah. especially. I mean, I can, there yeah. were a number There's of days couple, after yeah, first shot, day like, you were in top under, three or four. One tournament, shot nine under the first round, and then kind of stalled out and the next three. But, like, the U.S. Open was great. And then there was a lot, of, a lot of final rounds where I'd shoot, like, even or one under. And on that tour, you just kind of get lapped when you do yeah. that. So, Which is the opposite of PGA Tour. You go shoot one, two under last day, you could move up yeah in or some or of them or at least you know, stay in, yeah, stay some in of your them. position
1: right yeah um so how do you approach
0: going back to q school next week what's your thought process how do you get ready for it i mean i think for i mean i've got a week until the tournament starts i think right now it's all about just getting rest i've been doing all the work for the last month or so mm-hmm. just getting in the gym and playing a lot of golf and played a couple mini-tour events and a couple pro-ams just to try to get under the gun a little bit and play some competition. But just feel like my game's ready, and it's just a matter of mentally getting ready for the challenges of Q School. Emilio, so this year, your first real run at Q School. A little different scenario. Yeah. How do you evaluate
1: the last year? You didn't have status, earned status on Latin America. Yeah. Had some really good, you know, had some good playing out there, really had some good finishes, and also had some real good starts where didn't finish it as good, but you overall been playing nice. One first stage of Q School it's your site. How do you evaluate the year you've had and where you are now as a player, and how different are you from where you were like two years ago when you came over here?
2: Well, I've been really fortunate of being surrounded with people that could give me a lot of advice and how to take care of everything that just gets you through Q School. Fortunate I've been around people like Rick that give me a lot of really good advice and just to I mean make sure that I really embrace and learn as much as I can. You know, at, at the end of the day I'm really young. And a couple of years ago I mean Things haven't really changed much in my golf swing. Really, it's more of, like, just being mentally prepared and, yeah, ready to embrace whatever comes my way, you know. And obviously, yeah, I played really nice in Nebraska, but it's just a new week coming up. I'm going to California for second stage, and I still got to play really good golf to go and make it through that, so. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I I think one of the cooler things, and I've said this before to you guys on podcasts, I was watching guys like Rick that have been out there before. Yeah. Share an insight with you, you know, and, and listening to you guys talk earlier today, we were over on the range yeah. and the putting green was interesting. Like, Rick, so, like, when, when young guys come to you or you're around young guys and they're at the start of, like, we were talking about he doesn't need his training wheels on anymore. He's been out there a little bit. But, like, what's your advice for young guys
0: coming up that are starting this process of becoming a professional player? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is you just need to soak in as much information you can from, from other players and guys who have who've been in your situation before. I and mean, there's, in my experience, every time I've asked another professional golfer, they're generally very open and very mm-hmm. helpful. It's, and they'll, they'll tell they'll tell you honestly where they made their mistakes and what they thought they did well, which I think is an awesome thing about our sport. It's, but I mean, you gotta you gotta make the effort to go to go out and find those people, and I mean. People aren't just going to come up to you and just spill that information. you got to do your work and go find them and hang around them and just suck as much information as you can from them. So learning from mistakes is a big thing. If you,
1: As you look back on it, I mean, you're not old by any means, but you've, you've been out there a little bit. What are some of the mistakes you've learned from? Are there things you take? You go, like, I'm not ever going to do that again, or yeah, you know, I,
0: mean, I would I think, have done better if I'd have done this. Yeah, I mean, I, I got my... Tour card pretty quickly. I, after I, I turned pro in 2014, and by the end of 2016, I had a PGA Tour card. So it was which is hard to do. Which is so it all kind of happened pretty quick for me. And I, I think the lesson that I learned is that there's there's so many people out there that I mean their intentions are good with trying to give you advice, but they just don't really know what the hell they're talking about. So. I made the mistake of listening to, it. I mean, I wouldn't say a mistake, but there's certain things that I wish I could go back and maybe change the course of a few things, but I feel like I've done a few things right, and it's, I mean, it's nev- there's never a straight-line path to anything. You, you have your ups and downs, and you learn, and it's just part of life. One of the things I've enjoyed about working with you, because we've been working about two years, and
1: Emilio, I think you see this with him, He has a real, you have a really good big-picture approach. Yes. like compared to some players you don't seem to ever overreact or underreact to any tournament you know or around well, which is i know it's hard though sometimes i think the season.
0: yeah I, I guess that's from from your i've never tried to put any blame on anybody but myself so i think if i do have a reaction it's all internal and i think that's where i mean it, ultimately it's my job to play golf it's i mean you're trying to do your best to help me and colby's trying to do his best to help me and like, there's nobody that's I mean, I feel like I've got an awesome team around me. and It's ultimately my job to perform, so I don't – I would never take that out on any yeah, of you guys. No. But. Oh,
1: and we appreciate
0: that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Emilio, so, like, talk about the importance of a team. So, like, when you came here, you came from a small school, St. Mary's, where mm-hmm. I went. That's kind of how I found you yeah. out there watching. Yeah. And uh, I've told I've told the guys before, like, I went and spoke to the St. Mary's team one time. And the one guy, like, you know, most college teams, especially Division II, they're a good team. But you have people paying attention. I mean, this kid had, like, 32 questions written down. Yeah. Like, he just kept firing questions, and then I leave. And on Instagram Messenger, I've got, like, another 12 questions he sent me, like, you know? And I was like, well, this kid wants to be good. Yeah. So how have you gone through the process of putting a team around you, and how important do you think that is coming from where you came from?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is totally right. You know, like, I just – I was a – Coming out of college, I was a player that I knew that I had a lot of talent, but I need, I needed a lot of, like, help more than anything of how to play golf, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's really different from moving from college golf to professional golf, and I just didn't have the, the best of amount of guidance to really understand how to get it done, you know? So... I mean, fortunately, I came across you who, I mean, you took me under your yep. wing a lot. And, I mean, we you gave me a roof to live under for almost a year. And I Nevada, did make awesome. you
1: drive me to drink and have <laughs> chicken wings every about every three that's a, nights. That's a fair trade. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and um, that's something I'm always going to be grateful for. But, yeah, I mean, the connections I've made throughout the years and just understanding the importance of, like, having a plan every single week It just adds up at the end of the day. And I mean, it's just crazy to me. Like someone like Rick, he's talking about it. And like, he always seems like he has a plan and he understands that he's, he's been doing the prep for Q school, for example, for months now, you know, like he's not going to be grinding for the next week. He's going to be resting because he knows that he's done the the work for it for the last few months, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's awesome to see. And that's something I've learned from him. I used to be someone that like used to think that you had to be out there in the golf course for 8 hours every single day, especially coming up to a tournament, just because you have to be prepared, but now that I've learned that preparation takes months, not a week, (laughs) it's just huge to know that, you know, there's a lot that comes into, like, having a team, obviously, not only mentally, like, you got to do swing-wise, short game, everything, and... Yeah, I mean, I think I've nailed uh, every single part of it, and I think I, uh, it's helped me to prepare for everything i got in front
1: of me. I told you Alan the putting green, one thing I think you've really improved on is yeah. is the ability to not tinker every time you Correct. practice and stay committed. And, Rick, you've said that to me before where, like, you're like, if I ever get off of this, kick me in the nuts, I think is actually what you texted me. <laughs> but, like, uh, but that's hard to do when you're playing every week is to avoid sometimes getting
0: off your, off your program and off your plan. Yeah. I mean especially when you're out there you you sometimes you talk to people and you try different things and it's just you gotta you gotta know your game and figure that out on your own. But I was a pretty big tinker in college and it just didn't it led to a lot of inconsistency. Now, going into like next week, you made
1: a comment on the range well, I think it might, maybe it was yesterday where you said like like a lot of people go to Q school and they're worried about like how many spots they're going to get and what it's going to take to get in versus, like, going to try to win the Correct. golf tournament. I think that's a big piece of approach. I've just Very watched tons deal. of folks go through Q School. And as a teacher,
0: like, I never like to show up at a Q School because it's the most – there's, like, no winners. You know what no. I mean? Like, you're you know, just, just, I mean, you're just really – to a certain degree, you're trying to just survive so you can go to the yeah. next stage. But it's – I mean <clears> – <throat> A lot of the guys that are worried about, like, oh, i got to be in the top 17, it's the same way. It'd be like going to a tournament saying, oh, I just want to make the cut. Like, yeah. you're wasting your time. Like, but you're I, probably going to end up right on that number if you think that way. I,
1: and I see. And I have guys. I have, like, guys that are always worried about making the cut, some of them for money reasons, some of them for status. But the, all they talk about is I need to make cut, need to make cut. Every one of those guys with nine holes to play always is right right number. on the number where they have can't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then the guys that feel like they could win the that want to win the tournament, wow. they're always up there. They're like, well, they may miss the cut, but like to me, those guys oftentimes miss the cut by a million because then, right? But when they're but when they're playing good, they're up there. They're in contention. Yeah, you know. And I think yeah, that's a totally different great. mindset. I mean, different mindset. And then I think the other thing too is that Q schools physically and mentally exhausting and it's a long week like you talked about you gave him some great advice about spend the rest of the week getting his body ready you, you mentioned that yesterday we we're getting in the car to go have dinner He's like i'm just
0: gonna spend this week getting getting my body ready yeah I and mean, i mean i think like for me the next week is all like especially probably up until friday it's tuesday right now i just want to play money games and get under the gun and play some competition mm-hmm. do the couple of things i need to do like around the greens and work on some wedge stuff but outside of that Starting on like Friday, it's all the, the four days leading up to next Tuesday, it's all just rest and making sure my body's ready. Mm-hmm.
1: And speaking of the body, one thing both of y'all have been very big about the last year in particular, Amelia, you came to me, Rick, same deal is like, we've done a lot of work with Colby. Yeah. And Amelia, you've said like, hey, I need to get my body better. I don't know that people coming up understand how important that aspect of it. I think they think that if they go to the gym and they get on a treadmill, that, like, they're getting their body and they're in pretty good shape. Like, I play all the time, I'm in pretty good shape. The difference between having your body golf-ready and able to do the things you're trying to do. And both you talk a little bit about, like, sometimes you're working on the right stuff and you're not Mm -hmm. getting results because your body's not able
0: to do it and you're not doing the right stuff. Yeah, if you don't have the mobility or the strength or the balance in certain areas, like, you can spend four hours on the range and you're Mm -hmm. just... You're just not going to get it and you're wasting your time where where you could go into the gym for 30 or 40 minutes and work on that stuff and get way more out of it because your body's getting closer to where it needs to be to perform whatever task you're trying to do. In fact, most of the videos you
1: send me are a video at home or in a room with some sort of a A band or or a gym equipment rehearsing and doing doing stuff. All right. So as we eat our cheeseburger, you two got the healthy chicken dish. Shocker. Um, how has how has your understanding start with you, Rick, of the importance of fizz, fitness and the body changed since you first came out of college? And how much
0: of it were y'all doing when you got when you were in college? Well, I've had a lot of different phases of like physical. You've worked with, with a like lot of fitness. I yeah. worked with a lot of trainers, and when I was in high school, I was when I started lifting because I was at a golf academy, and everybody said you got to get stronger and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So. I got a trainer down in Florida where I was living, and this guy knew nothing about golf. He was a great guy, but I mean, he was just giving me, like, beach muscle workouts and all that. So that's what I did for a couple of years, and it wasn't until I got to Tennessee my junior year when I transferred there that I realized that, like, that wasn't helping me play better golf. And my coach sent me down to Randy Myers, who changed the way I looked at mm-hmm. golf fitness, and his his whole philosophy was that there's a lot of things that don't change, like your clubs are the same, your ball is the same every day, everybody's playing the same course, so that obviously changes, but everybody's playing the same course, but your body is the one thing that changes every day, and so that really changes the way that that I looked and like just doing things consistently all the time makes a huge difference in how like you show up every day and your body's in a, a tighter window of how it feels, it feels Generally good. Where some, if you weren't doing that stuff, some days it's gonna feel great. Some days it's gonna feel like mm-hmm. you don't. That's a place you don't want to be. So, working with, I probably worked with three or four really good trainers, and mm-hmm. they've all helped me in different ways. But, and I've kind of come to my own conclusions about certain things just because I know how my body feels mm-hmm. when I do certain workouts. But, I think that's one of the most important and overlooked things, especially for just the average golfer. Yeah, I think too, having been out on tour a bunch. And been around you
1: guys, you start realizing. Colby always talks about this that we're teaching you a movement pattern, right? And so if you learn that movement pattern, it's easier to learn it and then add the club and you just do it with a club. Yeah. And that's why I think the way you guys practice and warm up has changed so much. Like, you don't go to the range and hit, you know, when I was in college who came out, like, you would hit balls for an hour before you'd go play. You were like trying to find
0: what I'm you were doing. with and right?
1: what the ball's doing. I mean, day. nowadays, everybody, I mean, you don't hit that many balls, mm-hmm. because you're already worn when you get there, because you, and, and I think that's one well, of that's, the good yeah. things, like we go, do, you guys go do those exercises, a guy like Colby works you out, you have exercises you do before you go to the range, so you're already working on those movement patterns to get your body to feel the way you need it to
2: feel.
0: Yeah, yep, and totally. that's so nice about, what's so nice about having a trainer with you on the road, like at the US Open, you mm-hmm. go into the trailer with, with Colby for 30 or 40 minutes and instead of hitting balls for an hour, I go hit balls for 25 minutes, hit a couple chips and putts and I'm ready to go. There you go. You're just trying to work on the shots you think you might hit that day on the range rather than trying to loosen up. So with you Emilio, you have texted
1: two, three times during the last seven, eight months, hey I know I've got to get better physically. Yeah. What made you decide that? What made you figure that part out?
2: Well, it's not like I didn't work out in college or before I started seeing Colby and stuff. But, like, I just knew the stuff that we could be working on in my golf swing, there was stuff that I wasn't able to do. I mean, I just needed more strength, more mobility in some of the stuff. And One in particular,
1: like, being able to turn and load into your right side. Correct. Right, Your hips tend to slide out. right And you, the more you try to stop it, you couldn't
2: stop it. Yep. So I just realized, like... Man, like, I think I just need to help in that, and yeah. Fortunately, you have really good connections with Colby, and we could, we were able to do that. But the other thing I was thinking too is like, I wasn't used to playing twenty plus weeks a year. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, in college, you play maybe twelve events a year. At the most. At the most, and I mean that's it, you know. And here we're like on the road all the time, and we're it's bigger trips usually, and. Longer weeks, so I mean. Hard to find
0: a good gym on the road.
2: Correct, so we got to take care of our bodies like more than anything. And so, I mean, that's the most, like, the more important thing I've learned throughout the year, I guess. I don't
1: think many people realize the toll traveling has and how hard it is to do that every week. And after you've done like, I don't know hardly anybody that plays pretty good on the third or fourth week in a row. I know Rick, you finally, you've said like, I'm just not doing four in a row. Yeah. I mean, like it's, but like, you see guys do it. Like you see guys on the Corn Ferry. It seems
0: like it happens more where guys have to play eight, ten in a row. Yeah. Or well, if you don't, if you don't have like a good week early in the year, sometimes you feel like you got to play all those weeks until you have a good one.
1: Yeah. Doesn't work out very good. Usually, I think Never guys are better up, off yeah. to take a week off, even if they feel like
0: it and be rested and ready yeah. to go. Because with the way the points work out there, it's like. no Both tours are the same. You're better off having. A good week and getting in the top ten than you are finishing thirty fifth two weeks in a row. Right, everything's top heavy, both tours, really. Like you so one top
1: ten takes care of it. So keep going, man. So you've so you've you've done a lot of work on that. In fact, you had some tightness a couple what a month ago, four or five, yeah, yeah, six weeks ago. Did a bunch of work on that.
2: And I mean, I thought it was like something that That was was right before first stage. Correct. (laughs) that was something off in my body. And I just needed to do a bunch of exercises to get that part of my body stronger. And obviously once I did it for a few weeks and I just got a little bit stronger and pain went away, you know? So kind of makes sense now. But I mean, the funny thing is like in college, like yes, they, like the trainer I will go to like back in my school, there was some part of mobility and like cable stuff we would do, mm-hmm. but. The rest of the workouts would be just like any other sport in the school, like the soccer guys, the basketball guys were like, I mean, I would show up to practice for the next week and I couldn't swing a damn golf club, you know? So I was like, I mean, it wasn't very productive, I guess. Let's put it that way. But the most important thing I've learned is just taking care of my body, like when to go to the gym, I'm a bunch of weeks in a row making sure I'm doing all my exercises to keep my body ready. So mm-hmm. that's been the huge thing.
1: Short game is a big part. Especially, I think I think the scoring aspect of Q school. Like everybody worries about how they're hitting it, but I've seen a bunch of guys hit it pretty good, and they just—I you know, mean—you got to focus on your short game. Yeah. Going this, and I've noticed that with Rick the last couple of days, the amount of time you've spent—which you always do—but the amount of time you've spent chipping, pitching the ball, especially like your distance pitches and wedges. I mean, and you were talking to Emilio earlier about it. Like, you know, if you can get up and down from some of those distances, it really can save strokes. People, I think, neglect that, preparing for stuff. They're always just worried about how they're hitting it. And then they get out there, they hit it pretty good, and they don't get up and down,
0: and they yeah. don't take advantage Want of it.
2: They don't score right where you
0: Yeah, and that contributes to your momentum in the round, too. If you're getting that, that, you missed the green early in the round, you get that thing up and down, and you're like, all right, we're in a good spot. If you don't get it up and down, then you start pressing to make a birdie to get back to even or whatever the number is, and that's just a bad place to be. What
1: did you learn playing in the U.S. Open about your game this year, did it? show you anything? Did you
0: made the cut, played, hit a beautiful first round? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a great experience. It was my first major that I've ever played in, and it was, I mean, I, I like the challenge of the U.S. Open, though. The harder mm-hmm. the course is better for me, so I think, obviously, I consider myself a pretty good ball striker, so I think the U.S. Open's a perfect venue for me to play good at, and obviously I had, did some good stuff and had a couple rounds. The rounds in the middle weren't great, but Overall, it proved to me that I'm doing the right stuff, working on the right things. So talk about you guys pick your, you have
1: some selection to pick in Q School courses. How do you go about that? You, I mean, because most people don't, they're listening, they don't understand a lot of this. Trying to pick a site that matches what you do. I mean, like for you who loves tough golf courses, Amelia will be in the same ballpark, sure. I think, too. You don't want to go to some place with 60 yard wide fairways. It just it turns into a
0: yeah pitching and a putting contest, right? Right. Does I just want to go to a golf course that separates good players?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think any good player would say that too. But yeah, I want to go to the the hardest challenge that you've got because I think that's going to separate those guys that can like on the corn Ferry tour. We play a lot of weeks where it just it, you don't get a lot of separation in the field because the course is they 're just not that challenging sometimes
1: there's not many places you're gonna make a bogey on a bunch of those golf courses yeah. really I mean and to me just the way they're conditioned stuff like it's hard to short side yourself a bunch of those places because the greens aren't as firm and fast as on tour what about you Emilio how you you got some help I know people advised you your first go-round
2: correct yeah I mean I wanted someplace like Rick was saying that more than anything separates from a person that's playing good or struggling a little bit. So um, that's how I ended up picking Nebraska for my first stage site. Can get windy, obviously you gotta have a lot of control over your ball flight doing that. And then I picked second stage in California because um, apparently it was really similar. Dry, a little bit of the ball can go a little bit further just like Nebraska, so I have that dialed already. And also, I mean, just knowing that the golf course is like, there's not a perfect golf course set up for anyone. No. You gotta go play golf, right? So mm-hmm. um, you still gotta go and perform. But at the end of the day, like I thought it was really useful knowing that if I have a place that I know it's gonna separate a good player from someone that's struggling, it just takes more like of the stress that you gotta go out there and like pretty much feel like you gotta hold every putt you have in front of you.
1: I think it eliminates, there's some people that are eliminated right from the beginning if they're not good enough ball strikers, right? I mean a really hard ball-striking golf course, not everybody has that attribute, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that, like, but you guys go into it. I mean, I also like the way both y'all, you guys control trajectories and flight shots a lot. And I think that's a that's a talent, I think, but I think that's way more useful on a difficult golf course. Yep. One that's soft and it's just, you just fly yeah. it at the hole. There's not much thought to it, you know? Right. Anyways, guys, been a good couple of days. Emilio, you've had, it's been fun watching you come along. Rick, it's been a good couple of years, keep it going.